welcome to another special episode of TalkScript. This is episode four. This is our final episode of interviews that were conducted at the Nebraska JS Conference. In this episode, Neil talks to Kim Creighton on her talk, Overcoming the Challenges of Mentoring. Hello, my name is Kim Creighton. I am a community engineer, and my talk is, is titled Overcoming the Challenges of Mentoring, and it's about how mentoring should be planned. That's fun. <laughs> what does planning mentoring look like? Um, okay, so because I'm like, it's um, do you want details or do you want the overview? Oh, let's do the overview and then okay. we'll see where we go. Um, well, I, I particularly break down the difference between um, mentoring for adults and youth, which is different, mm-hmm. and mentoring personal mentoring versus professional mentoring. So for um, a professional environment, I stay in the quadrant of the quadrants of professional adult. Um, when you're mentoring a young person, that process is about them. It's not about you. It's about helping them get to meet the um, the marks they need to to be successful tax playing, law-abiding citizens. That's what that is when you're working with them. Um, <clears throat> and so it's never really about you and you end up, it ends up spilling into your life in mm-hmm. many different ways. And that's one reason why a lot of people are hesitant to mentor because they don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but professional mentoring is something different. It's most adults when they come to mentoring, they have a specific project they want to work on, or a specific skill they want to learn. And so it's not this um, nebulous blob thing that can just, just start here and grow into yeah. other things it's it's really um so the planning is figuring out what they need to learn and if you're a senior person most newbies have no idea what it really takes to learn that because everybody talks about how easy this is to do and it's not easy so they already come with a with unrealistic expectations of what it takes to be a developer mm-hmm. and so it's about helping them track um document track um, identify what they did and then benchmark it. These are the these are the observable things I need you that you need to be able to do to say that you've learned this thing, um, and that's the planning part. So on the front end for the mentor, there is a lot of thinking mm-hmm. about how I'm going to get you from A to B, or A to Z. But unlike um, when you're dealing with personal or youth mentoring, it's putting the onus or the responsibility on that adult to make it happen. So if they don't do what they are supposed to, what you ask them to do, then the, I mean, just, just kind of, yeah. So it's so it's not so it's not this. And there can be timelines. I only have. Um, six weeks before my next, I go out of town on my next big project. So this is all I can work with on. Uh, this is the only thing I can help you with in this time frame. Or this is not my area of expertise. You need to find some another mentor, but I can mentor you in this thing. Mm-hmm. So it's about negotiating, being honest about where your skill sets and where you actually have interest in. Because um, there are some mentors who, who will take on certain things because they want to learn something with mm-hmm. the mentee. Yeah. Um, so that's what that is. It's But it's something that's planned. It doesn't have to take over your life. And you put, again, the onus back on the mentee to take responsibility for it so then it doesn't become this extra thing in your job that that's taken up 20 hours of your week so are you doing this like mostly in the context of large companies or code camps or do you have some other way to connect well right now i'm doing it um i am i've tra- transitioned into tech in 2014 at the end of 2014 um i spent a lot of time um figuring out 
what this thing was. So I literally spent six months just putting names to things mm-hmm. like UX and accessibility and, you know, and, and uh, Internet of Things. So there's just so much out there. And so I was happy I had that opportunity. And then I was like, okay, for me to, to um, really get this, I, everybody keeps saying coding is easy. Let me do this thing. <laughs> and then I was like, this is such a lie. It is not easy, you know. And because I have an education background, I understood why it wasn't easy because learning is hard. Mm-hmm. Learning anything is hard. And when you're learning a language, makes, which makes it doubly hard. Um, and we need to stop saying how easy it is because it devalues the work and the profession. And, the, and it gives newbies a false sense of that it's easy. And then when they can't do it because everybody's seeing how easy it is, they turn it, right. internalize it, and say that there's something wrong with them. No, it's hard. Yeah. It's that's what it is. And um, I love it when I'm always retweeting when some experienced senior level engineer or whatever puts on Twitter, "Hey, I just spent seven hours on this thing and I have to crap tr- trash it." Yeah. That's the stuff you need to be telling people about. That's a part of the process. And um, when people go to these boot camps and stuff, the environment is usually already set up for them. Mm-hmm. They don't have to deal with real world situations. Right. So they just, so it becomes this thing where they, it's something wrong with me. No, no one's being honest about this process. This is a profession, you know, yeah. and professions take time. You're not, unless you have some kind of background already in some kind of technical background, be it a degree in CS or engineering or maybe mathematics. And let me stop there because math is not what this thing is about. And people are so confused about, oh, I can't do this because of math. Mm-hmm. It's adding, subtracting, multiplica- multiplication and division, and the computer does that. I don't even have to do that. Um, and so um, if people will really be honest about what this is, people can make a really honest assessment of what this, if that's something I want to be in. So to get back to your question, I decided I didn't want to be a developer because I feel found my sweet spot. I can speak enough tech so that I can speak to technical people, mm-hmm. but I can break it down to people who don't get it. So yeah. I am in that sweet spot. So right now I'm, I'm getting a um, doctor's in business administration, technology entrepreneurship. So I'm doing this speaking thing. I'm doing workshops. I'm doing, I have a podcast. I'm doing all these things to help me when I to help me build a brand or a company now. So when I get out of school, I'm ready to, to and that'll be, I'll be um, finished this time next year. Nice. Yeah. So back to your whole like messaging that it's not actually easy because I agree with you. I think that <laughs> people say that way too much. Yes. Yeah, I, agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think like part of the motivation behind that is there's this whole kind of um, people think things in STEM like science, math, tech, um, all of that is there's this idea that it's like super hard and oh my god, only geniuses do that. And I think that pushes out a lot of people who could do it but are intimidated is there a way to not pretend it's easy but also make it seem doable honest languaging it's yeah. a challenge everything is challenging we see this yeah. this is that's the same if you want to learn a sport if you want to play the flute if you want anything yeah. everything learning the process of learning <laughs> is hard and we need to stop sidestepping that stop yeah. minimizing that I don't care how talented you are, if you want to get to the next level, you have to practice. This is something that you have to do. Um, um, and and we, we are, have, uh, we've developed a generation of young people who have never had to really try it anything. So we try, we're trying to appease them. Oh, it's, it's easy. I don't, it's not easy. It's gonna, it, some days you're gonna wonder why you did this. 
But then that's when you need to be tested and figure out if this is something what I want to do. Can I persevere through this? A lot of people don't have coping skills now because they've never been challenged on it. This is a generation of people who showed up to a game, did not play, and got a trophy. That's just the way it is. Well, I like, I like what you said about a lot of the people that are taking these boot camps, they skip the first step. Well, most of them, unless you have a technical background, and I'm going to talk about that in my presentation, because just in this week, two boot camps have closed down. Dev Boot Camp, which was the starter, and then Iron Yard has just closed down. And the reason that model is not working is because you're that model. Okay, so when you talk about learners and, and learning theory, one size fits all does not work for most people, period. That's why... Education is so complex. It's such a complex thing because every teachers have to have differentiated instruction for three, 30 people in a classroom. You know, I have to really be specific about what these each individual student needs. Those programs aren't like that. You go in, everybody learns the same way, everybody moves at the same pace, they don't stop. So unless you have a identified goal and have a background from day one, if you don't know what a variable is, you are behind and you're never going to catch up. And that's the problem. You never, there is no way somebody who doesn't know what a variable or a function or a, 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 a loop mm -hmm. is going to catch up when in, every two days they're learning something else. They're learning, looking at Angular. They're looking at JavaScript. They're looking at jQuery. They're looking at, there is no way. And so that model doesn't work because there's not enough of those people with that background to make the model profitable. So to make it profitable, we have to, we have to get those people who aren't ready. Mm -hmm. And now you're saying they have to spend ten to $15,000 on a thing and leave their jobs. Yeah. But they'll only do that if you promise them they'll get a job in, in three months because they'll be dev, junior dev ready and there's no way. It's called yeah. college and then they'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, talking about how do you, talking about people explaining the coding is easy. I think fits in really well with the whole idea of people skipping that first step. Mm -hmm. Because if, if we're talking about a language thing, I would never tell someone that programming is easy. What I would say is getting started is easy. And I think, yes. that's, I think that's what people uh, are, are not hearing is that programming, uh, what most developers who are bad at articulating what they want to say will tell people uh, is that programming is easy. And what they're trying to say is it's ubiquitous, is that you can... Um, do it in a web browser. Like you can program for a phone. You could like programming's everywhere. So they're trying to say it's, it's easy. Like it's it's available. It's available, right? Like it, it can just be touched. I know that some people are actually saying. I was about to say, easy. yeah, that is not that. that I, I get you with that. But the the people who are selling boot camps, selling online courses, selling these things, yeah, they're saying for sure. exactly, and yeah. that's the and that. So when you're a newbie and you someone told you, look, you introduce somebody, yeah. and you're like, you need to come into this profession. They need people, and so the first thing people will do is what. Google search, learning to code. What's the first things that come up? Boot camps. Yeah. And yeah. so when you call a boot camp, are you talking to a academic counselor? No, you're talking to a salesperson. And their job is to sell you on this thing. So I would I mean, again, boot camps work, that model works for specific people. But if you have no idea what coding is, mm -hmm. yeah. it's not a fit for you. I would say I've had much success with introducing people to um, code.org. They don't touch language, but I have students who can tell you, can explain to you if they're having a problem. I have a, I'm trying to create a, a function that has a loop that, that, that they don't know anything about language, but they understand how function yeah. works, how loops work. They know what they, they have an object. That's the things you need to, as you say, the first step. That yeah. to me is the first step. That's it's computational thinking. Way further back than exactly. most people start with. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, so, like all, I like all that software and toys they have now 
that are about programming concepts that aren't about like actually sitting down and programming something, right? Like they have they have toys where you have like four rows and you're just putting little pegs in them mm -hmm. and yeah. it and it, it it runs a program but it doesn't look like it, run, it runs a program like like it's, it's getting people used to programmatic thinking yeah like just, and that's, you're, you're putting this here right so when so they see it later when they see it later they're saying oh i've seen that before it's yeah. not yeah. see that's the thing that i think is the disconnect with introducing people to technology we mm -hmm. need more people who understand who can see it as themselves as producers of tech and not just consumers of tech mm -hmm. so yeah. when i'm introducing people to um to technology particularly adults I said, you do it every day. Mm -hmm. Don't you do recipes? A recipe is a function. Yep. Yeah. The, the, all their ingredients are an object. Some of them have loops in them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How my grandmother went through the grocery store was a loop. It was the same way every time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, we were if, like letting bread rise, right? Yes. Like yeah. you pound so it down, exactly. let it rise. Pound so it down, you, let so it rise. you use those kind of examples and people start saying, oh. So, it's, it's, yeah. so for me, it's like the co computational thinking is not something new. It's something you're doing. You just mm -hmm. haven't connected it. Now you can overlay that with programming. At some, if that's what you want to do. If not, don't worry about that because there are tons of jobs. We need project managers. We need people in accounting who understand um, um, technology. We need people definitely in HR because if I get see one more HR um, um, a job description saying they need five years of Swift, it's like, dudes, it hasn't even been out that long, you know? Because they have no clue. But they're mandated to hire these people. They have no way. Of, they have no idea of how to vet this because no. So every it's touching everything so I think I believe everybody needs in the 21st century everybody needs a basic computational thinking basic just everybody doesn't need to be a programmer even just if you just get to logic like even yeah. if you used to even outside of programming yeah there used to be logic taught in schools not uh, anymore it's not really anymore <laughs> uh, exactly. even like in, in the school that I went to they didn't they introduced a logic class after I graduated yeah and I'm like oh, I would have loved yeah. that class like you know I've, I've done logic in, independently of that but yeah, not in school. Just just a framework for how to think through things. Uh, it because as a it, it, that gets you to programming. And because, well, if I mean, be honest, when you're hired as a programmer, you're not hired for the stat. You're hired based on can you solve a problem. Mm -hmm. So that's what it teaches you how to problem solve. And that's the skill you need, how to problem solve. You're gonna learn the newest, greatest, whatever they're working on. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, but so many newbies get so caught down, caught up in. Should I learn Angular? Should I? Dudes, just learn the. Do you know what a function is? Yeah. You know that yeah. kind of thing. That's the basics, and because things change so much, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and that's I just think really, and then we could be people can have an honest conversation, and not so many people would be adverse to this as a career. I mean, just this is no that phone is no longer a toy. It's a tool, mm -hmm. and very yeah. few people are using it as the tool that it is. Because I tell, I used to tell my students, don't ask me, a th do you know what I had to do to research? I had to go to the library. Mm -hmm. I had to go to the Dewey Decimal. <laughs> I had to go to the card catalog. <laughs> Look at the Dewey Decimal system. I had to find the stacks on the, that's a, that, but, but that created. You had to pull out the microfiche card. Oh my God, and then that oh thing going. <laughs> but that's the whole, that's, I know I don't look old, but I was old enough to use a microfiche. And that's, and that's the whole thing, but that was critical thinking because you had to figure out for yourself what was more important because you had all this information and that was the thing you talked about. The way one reason people think it's so easy because there's so, such an access to the information. But I don't think the information is 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 structured. Yeah, structured is the way I want to say. It. Structured in a way that makes just because the access is easy, it makes it um, easy for people to learn or 
or yeah. accessible for people to learn. Well, that, that goes back to mentoring, right? Like yes. when you used yeah. to go to the, the library or when you used to do research, you would by necessity have to interact with other people who knew more than you who could help you. Yeah, yeah. you had to go to the librarian. <laughs> You know? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, when I had school projects, I remember having, having to go to a teacher and saying, I can't find anything on this topic. And they would be the ones that would tell me, here's how you start. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and having that. Exactly. Having and, that was super and, and without having that guide, I call this the Wild West. What other career, and I see this in my presentation, and I'll say it today, raise your hand if you can think of any other career path where you're not an expert when you're hired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the Wild West. People are making this stuff up as they go. You can be a taxidermist today and, and decide to be a de- developer tomorrow. And that happens. And so it's like there are no, there are no rules. And so people are making this up. And we aren't doing a really good job of creating pathways or, or like the Wild West. You know, like the Oregon Trail. Yeah. Can we <laughs> just uh, something so at least we can get to the basics. Once you get, once you get the basics, where you go from there is wherever I mean, but at that, least get the basics that metaphor is yeah. good because the trails that we created during those periods were terrible yeah <laughs> we're still to, used. eventually when someone thought through the correct trails to go through yes. like, you know when we had enough perspective really when we were able to see the world from space when we were able to map things out someone could actually say yeah. why is this road doing this it could just do this exactly and but it also takes because you say it from space that's also the mentoring thing somebody from who can who's seen the layout exactly from there, because they, you, you have this myopic perspective. You can't see the bigger thing because all you can see is this. But they've seen the different things, and that's they what, can help guide. And that's what I, like, if I'm doing mentoring, that's what I want. I want someone to, to say, here's how to be older. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I remember what it was like for me five years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember what it was me like 10 years ago. Um, and I... I want someone to be able to tell me, like, here's the way that you see things eventually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, you know, it's not just programming, but life, uh, that's the knowledge that I want people to impart to me. Yeah, and that's what kind of comes when, and I never didn't believe it, but that people say when you get your, in your 40s, you really just get to the, I don't care. <laughs> and it's so true, because I'm just like, they're like, Kim, you can't, yeah, I can say that. Yeah, yeah, I'm closer to 80 than I was. So now I'm just going to use that as an excuse and just be honest about what what people need to be focusing on. And a lot of things that we're focusing on aren't, they, they're applicable later down the road. I focus on, because there's a lot of resources for young people. And then there are a lot of resources for people who already know they want to code. There's a vast nothingness for people who, who could benefit from this. Like I work with a group of people on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. They could transition into tech if they, if, but their social service workers have no clue about this stuff. Some yeah. of their parents don't understand this stuff. Yeah. So I'm working with them. Um, some people, like I, I'm for education, so many of my peers hate their jobs. You don't have, you can make, I mean, you can, if you want to hate your job, you, why don't make double your salary and hate your job? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so there's not enough for helping people uh, recognize that there's opportunity here. And then what do you do when they first enter? So that's the yeah. space I'm, I'm trying to just, what do you do for those, before we just blow their heads away with, oh my God, there's so much because there's so much. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. I don't know if you agree with this, but I think part of it is I've found a pretty big disconnect between people who are good at teaching and people who are good at programming or people who have chosen to program. And I don't disagree with that at all. That's, that's, <laughs> that's also the professor who is who has a degree but should not be teaching in the classroom <laughs> or but the the interesting thing that's happening now is you there are very few 
educators who have STEM experience. Yeah. So you have people who are teaching STEM who don't even know what STEM is because yeah. they've never. So what does that do? You know, it's like yeah. you you don't you've never seen the tools. You don't even know what Trello is or none of these things. You don't know what a command line. You have no idea what any of these because you've taken a state certified test because they need STEM educators. Um, and that just a lot of people can do better than they can teach. And that's a, that again devalues the whole learning process. Yeah. You can't just put anybody. A lot of these boot camps were literally putting people in TA positions who had just finished the class. Yeah. Just, no. <laughs> How can you answer my questions? How can you break something down in a way that if I you've said it ten times and I still got a glazed look on my face, obviously how you're saying it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah, the glaze, I've taught enough classes. The glazed look is isn't it terrifying? Yeah, well, yeah it's, like, a, it's intimidating. How do I say this in, yes. a, in a completely different so way? So I don't then I don't yeah. say it because I have a, a learning background. I don't say it. Then I show it. I go to a website. Mm -hmm. This is or I do whatever because you're not getting it this way. Let me figure out another way. Yeah. And that's the benefit of having every, you know online these accesses because yeah. when I'm talking to my students, I'm like, okay, you're not getting it that way. Let's go look at some YouTube videos. Let's do let's try this course. Let's do something so that you get. It and look at several different YouTube videos because yep. each person is going to explain it a different way um, till you get it. But when you're moving that quickly in a class, you can't. You don't have time for that. You don't have time to process anything. You have no, no time to make it your own. And that's when learning happens when you own it. When it's you. Yeah, we had a good discussion at work where we were talking about the different ways that we learn. Like I uh, this past weekend, my wife was out of town and my son was sick, so I was stuck in the house. And I ended up watching a ton of videos, learning some like learning some stuff that I already knew but didn't know in depth. Uh, and it was great for me. And I told other people about it. And they're like, that would never work for me. I cannot do that. Yeah, I hate learning from videos. <laughs> See, I love learning from videos. It was so great. Yeah. Like yeah. It was so great talking about all the different ways that, that people learn and seeing how that all works. Um, when I'm writing my papers, I will actually turn on the text to speak and read at the mm -hmm. same time. That is that goes in my head so much better than just me reading it. Yeah. Um, and so when I'm watching a video, that kind of adds to it for me because then and I can the pause. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Then I can read. Um, when I watch <laughs> resources. Yes. Oh my god. Well, I'm I'm forever when I'm watching documentaries and I love um, British t television shows mm -hmm. or especially if it's a like a something about history. I always have the caption on. So it, I really get the connection to the words. Um, so yeah, but the, a lot of what's out there for, for learners in this space don't include any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, they don't include um, the person who in a classroom setting needs to get up because they've been sitting at a computer for, for, I mean, what, some of them, it's more than 30 minutes, they, they gotta move, you know? But if you move, the class keeps going. You know, that kind of, yeah. so it's, there are a lot of things that, that people aren't thinking about. Some people, my mom can just read. And, and get it. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm just like. That's the way I do it. It's like, like it's like that sentence. I have to keep going. It's like, why am I reading the sentence five times? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm the opposite. Like, I like reading, but if I'm listening to somebody say something, I start, like, my eyes don't glaze over, but my ears glaze yeah, over. I yeah. just, like, can't. Well, with what I was learning, if I don't know why someone would ever bother learning it, I cannot read a book about it. Because mm. I'll go through the book and I'll be like, this is nonsense. Like, mm -hmm. why would you ever do something like that? And I watch the video and I. The, the thing I was learning, I still think it's nonsense. I, I still look at it and I say, like, why would someone ever choose to do it this way? But I watch the video and I can get inside of his head yeah. and I can start to, to find out. What and that's, that's when like. learning happens, when you yeah. connect it to something. 
Yeah. That's yeah, like, why, are, why do people do this thing that you're yeah. teaching me? Like, I don't... But that also goes to another thing that I'm passionate about is, is the, whole, the whole diversity and inclusion and safe spaces mm -hmm. thing. It's when people tell their, when we uh, create spaces where people feel safe to tell their stories, then you get those perspectives. You may not agree with yeah. them and they may not make sense to you, but then you're like, wow, I never even thought about it that way. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then you can just say, oh, okay, I don't, I mean, it's not something I would do, but I can see somebody. So when you have a mentee, you can say, that doesn't work for me, but now you've already seen a different way of doing it, so you can offer that. But if you only come from your thing, you have nothing to offer them as, as a way of different perspectives on seeing different things. Then you can get away from thinking that you're right all the time. The, oh my <laughs> God, yes. You, there's yeah. so many mistakes that you make just. That's another paradigm shift. So. Right. So yeah. the not being so two major shifts that keep adults struggling in the tech space is the fact that you're not an expert. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be expert to be hired, and um, which means you can make it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. What other profession? What other professions do mistakes not cost you liable? You can be sued for mistakes in most professions. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you, those are the huge hurdles you have to get around with adult learning coming from other careers is it's okay. This is how we learn. It's, it's, it's not perfect the first time. And so you have to understand that when you're working with somebody who's coming in, they're gonna, if they don't get it, they're gonna keep working on something. And you're trying to get an MVP. You just wanna see what they know. And they're just gonna keep working and stressing. And they're like, no, no, no. I just yeah. and they're gonna fight you literally. <laughs> no, it's not right. And you gotta be like, exactly. You have to really just like create a safe space for them to trust that it's okay that it may be wrong, yeah. but we're gonna learn from that because that's how we do it in this industry, and that is a huge paradigm shift. Well, hopefully with a good mm -hmm. mentor, or at least someone yeah. that you work with at your company, your code's gonna be reviewed before it goes out. Someone's yeah, gonna so mm -hmm. distribution of responsibility. I mean, that's that's. One of the things that we started doing at the company that we work at is pretty much everything we do gets looked at by someone else. But if you don't explain that, they see it as you checking behind them as something wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to really explain that this is a pro this is how this industry works, and they really have to get it. If not, so many people are in other industries that somebody's checking behind them. I've done something wrong. I'm about to get fired. Da da da. So then you have a newbie who has that going through their head. They're paranoid yeah. that they're getting it wrong. I can't make mistakes because I'm going. So it's a it's it's a cultural thing. It's really just a total shift for them. Yeah. Yeah. Double fear of making mistakes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not only don't know what the heck I'm doing, but but somebody's looking at me and I can get fired. You know, it's like, oh my god, I'm gonna take care of my family. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, to yeah. what you're talking about, that's why people need to even learn just what it means to help someone else make progress. Yes, uh, I think some people are, are bad at that. I know, you know, code reviews are, are. There's been so much written lately about code reviews, especially um, there was the whole issue of um, GitHub trying to create more inclusive tools mm -hmm. where they were trying to make it so that that people that were in groups that might be uh, unfairly focused would get 10, 20 people reviewing their code, yeah. uh, whereas someone in another group might get two people reviewing yeah. their code. And they're yeah. like, well, that is, they're obviously, like that, there's, there's yeah. obviously something wrong with that, yeah. that, that picture and, and being able to explain to someone here's the right way to approach mm -hmm. um, this sort of behavior, right? Like someone had to tell GitHub like, hey, your, your tools are bad. That's not you're, the right mentor or mentee. You're putting barriers in the way of, of, of learning and progress or the things that you're trying to, the tr things you're trying to 
overcome, you're actually putting barriers in yeah, yeah. your way. You're yeah. not making it so that that person's learning from someone more skilled than them. You're making it so that someone's being criticized. Exactly, critiqued. Yeah. By, by, by someone force. that might not even be their peer. Exactly. Um, like exactly. being able to create those, those uh, more defined relationships is important. Yeah. Um, and that goes to um, a lot you were just saying about mentoring. There's a lot of research on the benefit of mentoring on mentors. Mm -hmm. Because when a newbie asks, so why are you using that tool and you can't explain it, then you have an issue. You need to be able to explain why you're using that tool because it might be a more effective way for you to be doing that. Um, and it, 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 because a lot of times when you're a newbie, I mean, when you're a senior, you're doing the same thing because it worked for you. So you, everybody gets in these patterns. And so, and also that helps with when you're talking about being able to do something and being able to explain how you do something, that forces you to learn how to do that. Yeah. If, if that's important to you, then you'll really be conscious and in intentional about how do, I, how do I articulate effectively what I'm trying to say so that other people can understand it. Yeah. yeah. And that helps you grow. Yeah, yeah, it helps you grow. Cool. People should want to grow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would think. You would think. Cool, that's yeah. fun. That's a good talk. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the series of interviews. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SitePen, S-I-T-E-P-E-N. If you need help building a web application or modernizing some old bad code that no one knows what it does anymore, uh, or even just need some help finishing off uh, some new features that you're trying to get into your project, uh, SitePen can help. Check us out at SitePen.com. I was rolling down the window Cause I like to feel the wind blow We got a good thing Gonna see where the day goes Take it fast, take it real slow We got a 